cartoon commentary is not intended for children. Tom, Keith, and Corey are usually wrong, and anything they say can and probably will offend you. Apologies in advance. Commence the podcast. Cartoon commentary. Oh yeah. That's the first thing we got on there is is me going, oh yeah, which Isn't is it? probably terrible to start an episode with. Followed by our deafening silence afterwards. My yeah. uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> my little small talk episode. So there was um, I was just like doing a bunch of stuff today. You guys saw with the tables and everything. And my sister has a bunch of stuff upstairs in the attic, like I've said. And there's a giant TV upstairs. And it's like a smart TV, and as a gamer, I've been playing on a 32-inch like Roku TV for the past, like, no joke, 10, 10, 11 years. And so I asked my sister, I'm like, you know, are you guys using this? Because you got the new house and all that stuff. And she's like, no, no, no. She's like, you can use it. If we ever want to take it, we'll just take it. And she's like, it might be a TV that, like, that half the screen is broken, um, and we're going to throw it in the dumpster, or it's the TV that actually works. And she's like, just let me know. And I'm like, okay. So I, uh, so I bring it downstairs. It's like Schrodinger's TV. <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. It, so uh, I br- I br- it was until he, he looked at it. <laughs> I use I use that joke all the time with my wife and then have to explain it every single time. Oh no. Mm. <laughs> so uh luckily I turned it on and it works. Uh it's a fifty inch TV, so as a gamer, like I you know, I can't wait to play Fortnite tonight because it's like on a big huge nice TV now and I'm like this is gonna be awesome. So I uh, turn around, I go back upstairs in the attic to, like, turn off the lights and close the door, because it's, like, 120 degrees up there, and I walk up the stairs, and immediately, the distinctive smell, I'm like, why does it smell like red wine up here? Like, hmm. like, really bad, like, I could always smell, like, almost smell what type of wine it is, I'm like, why does it smell wow. like red wine up here? And I look on the floor, and I see, you know, red wine spill. And I'm like, all right, Dory probably had a bottle of uh, red wine up here, and it, like, spilled on the floor. Whatever. I can't really soak it up because they're old wooden, like, boards up there. And I'm like, it's, it's just going to dry anyway. It's, you know, it's not the worst thing. Mm. Ready for this? It wasn't a regular bottle of red wine. What had happened is that when Dory and now her ex-husband Justin had gotten married, one of the liquor distributors got them a magnum bottle of red wine, okay? When you stand this thing up on the ground, it goes almost up to, like, my armpit, okay? (laughs) The entire thing emptied out into the attic. No. It wasn't a regular... I looked at the bottle and was like, well, this is 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 terrible. Yes, this is absolutely terrible. So I looked up, I'm like, hopefully it doesn't leak through the floors and, like, stain my brand new white ceilings in the apartment my parents just did with red wine stains, and I I haven't seen any yet, so fingers crossed that doesn't happen tonight, but I think it already dried. But I called my sister, and I was like, why did you have that? She's like, oh, that's a bottle from me and Justin's wedding, but I didn't know what to do with it. I'm like, well, you can close that part of the chapter of your life, because I threw the rest in the drain, and the bottle's in the fucking dumpster, because now my apartment smells like red wine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's... Did the bottle break? No, I think it may have either... It got so hot up there that the cork popped out. Um, or I knocked it? it over and the cork fell out because I was moving a table. I was moving a table. Uh, uh, I forgot about that part. My mom wanted a table from the attic. I brought it downstairs so it and was, knocked the bottle over. It was on its side. 
Oh, when I got up there, yes. Very okay. much so. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, it was pouring everywhere. All right. So I thought the bottle was upright, and I was like, well, that's kind of oh, crazy. Oh, no, it fell over. All right. But, um, I mean, at the same time, even if you knocked it over, if the bottle wasn't broken, like, it shouldn't no, let, have leaked out everywhere. Well, let me ask. Well, there was wine everywhere. <laughs> let me ask this, though. <laughs> this is probably a, a dumb Dylan comment. In the old days, didn't they, like, sometimes stain wood with, like, alcohol? With, like, not, like, rum and stuff, but, like, before they had actual wood stain, wouldn't, like, couldn't you, like, stain wood with alcohol? So it's kind of like I stained the, well, stain the wood red I with mean, wine. I I could imagine <laughs> using red wine as a stain because there's a lot of tannins yeah. in it. Yeah. But it's sticky and it's sugary and it's not. It wouldn't well, work. No, like, well, no, you'd wash it afterwards. So like you, yeah, right. you would, oh, you okay. would take something, you would soak it for a period of time, you let it dry, and then you would actually like wash it. You wouldn't try to wash. You wouldn't try to like wash it with soap, but you would like rinse it to yeah, get any of like the surface stuff off. And, and then it literally is doing what it's called. It's called a stain because it's staining, and you stained yeah, it. Yeah. 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 All right. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You have a uh, yeah. an antiqued uh, wine <laughs> stained attic. <laughs> no, you have a, a wine stained <laughs> attic. I mean, you know. Tell my parents to turn that into their instead of a wine cellar, it'll be a wine attic. <laughs> hey, listen. There's a house, a couple houses down from me that was for sale for a while, <laughs> and they have like two plus acres of property that actually hooks behind my neighbors and my property and but the problem is the house is like it was built in like the 1800s it was added on to a couple times and like the original house posting was like any any real estate market posting where they're trying to be like they're trying to use like very flowery language to like describe the house and where they're just like oh it has a very nice old country kitchen yeah Mm. and it's like old country kitchen means it literally had an open fireplace at counter level to build a fire in your kitchen to hang a teapot (laughs) over so that's an old country kitchen and then they were like oh there's what's actually kind of cool is they have a glass greenhouse in their backyard and what's cool, like, I was like, oh, like, that's pretty neat. And they're like, oh, there's a there's a lovely greenhouse that requires a bit of restoration. And I'm just like, oh, so it's, like, fucking Knock dark. it down, yeah. start over. Yeah. So this is the thing, though, is this house is listed for a while. There was, as far as I know, there was no official offers. It got delisted. Then they relisted it. And when they relisted it, somebody must have made an offer and got or got a home inspection done or something. And now they have to actually, like uh disclose all this other stuff so now it's like uh there's a greenhouse that requires severe renovations (laughs) (laughs) and they said that the kitchen has gas appliances and the house has gas heat but the gas is turned off for an a gas leak in an unknown location wow so it's just like (laughs) oh (laughs) but what was also really really cool about this house is that one of the pictures online showed like the furnace in the basement and I swear to god the furnace had like seven different water pumps on it or eight different water pumps so it was almost like every room in the house must have had its own thermostat like independent <laughs> which grown weed which yeah well huh. They're going to leave. Yeah, it's actually, I didn't even think of that. I was just like, man, this house is so temperature controlled, not thinking like, oh shit. No, you know what? <laughs> maybe mushrooms. No, maybe mushrooms. 
Anything. Yeah. But anyway, uh, since then, the house is actually sold. So we're, we're going to see. We're going to see what happens with this house in the, in the coming months. Because uh, the house hasn't been updated since like the, I don't know, 60s or 70s based on the pictures online. And it's it's a very cool looking house from the inside just because it's like a time capsule. And it's a very unique structure and floor plan and the greenhouse like and i don't know they have like an attic that has like a giant fucking window in the back of their house and like i don't know it's i'll show you guys the posting at some point it's like really it seems i wouldn't buy it and i definitely wouldn't buy it for whoever bought it for whatever it just sold for but it's just very interesting and for some reason dylan's story just reminded me of that because I don't know the whole wine, the wine, uh, the wine stand attic being a feature mm. of the house. Mm. Not gonna lie, it lost me like two minutes ago. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I lost myself. Too. Ooh, what's <laughs> up, internet? Welcome to Cartoon Commentary, a podcast where four kings of rock and roll in their thirties talk about old, new, and sometimes all shook up cartoons. I'm Corey. Thank you very much, Zamir. I'm Tom. Wait, what do I get for a handy, O'Connell? I'm Keith. Someone's going to have to help me aim, Barnowski. I'm Dylan. It's shoes, dumbass, Conlon. <laughs> <laughs> and today we're talking about this, I would say, very interesting cartoon that Keith picked. Hmm. Very new as well. Yeah. Very new. Yeah. On Netflix, Netflix original in the actual sense of the word, I assume. Mm-hmm. Agent Elvis. And I had no clue this was out a thing. Uh, had a main character voiced by Matthew McConaughey. Mm-hmm. All this was surprises to me today. Um, so Same with me. The, the, whole, the whole cast of this cartoon is actually kind of amazing. Um, Star-studded. Yeah. Oh, stellar so, cast. So yeah. Matthew McConaughey uh, voices Elvis Presley. Uh, Johnny Knoxville is his like right-hand man, Bobby Ray. <laughs> what? Uh, Caitlin Olsen from... Uh, it's Always Sunny. It's, it's Always Sunny is Cece. Mm. Uh, Priscilla Presley plays herself... That was amazing. I recognized her voice right away and went, no way. Right? So, yeah, and, I was pretty uh, happy about that. Don Cheadle is the commander. <laughs> uh, Jason Manzoukas in this episode is Howard Hughes. Uh, Birdie is played by Nisi Nash. She was uh, on Reno 911. Yep. Yeah. And there's like there's literally just like uh like a bunch of characters that were not in this episode per se, but like Fred Armisen, Simon Pegg, like there's there's like a mm. whole bunch of other celebrities that like end up yeah, being in the like show. They, uh, they swing for the fences yeah. every well, episode with the casting. So what's really interesting is they must have had uh quite a budget to just I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, well, mean, I mean, the episodes are short. If you get Matthew McConaughey to voice a main character in a cartoon, 
There's yeah. probably going to be a lot of interest in it as far as like people just wanting to work with him. True. Hmm. I mean, well, the thing is, you could be recording your lines like totally separate from him. That's like, true. That's true. But I feel like mm. it. But you'd be it associated lends, stuff. But it, well, it lends credibility, right? It's like mm-hmm. once they got Priscilla Presley to play herself and they got Matthew McConaughey to play Elvis, like if they told anybody else that and they were like, we want you to play this one character for this one episode, they'd just be like, oh, yeah, fine. I, I'll do it. I've. I had to look up. Uh, Priscilla Presley actually helped develop the series. Like she's one oh, of the damn. creators. Yeah, <laughs> and I just, uh, you know, my my intro name. I almost said I'm Tom Frank Drebin O'Connell. Uh, it's a nod to the Naked Gun series, where she was in uh, the three Naked Gun movies. She was the oh yeah, uh, the, yeah, the main love interest. So that's I recognized the voice right away. I'm like, holy crap, that's. That's uh, the lady from all the the Naked Gun movies. I'm like, yeah, that's that's Elvis's wife. I forgot about that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. It's so like the thing is, I pick this show actually like like I do half my shows like pretty blind. I was like, oh, this seems interesting, and then started listening to it, and it was like. Is that Matthew McConaughey? And then started being like, "Wait, hold on a fucking second. You didn't know? No, you didn't I know I started. Going in? So wow. I I listened to the first episode and I was just like, Elvis sounds like Matthew McConaughey. Like what the fuck? And then looked it up and I was like, "All right, well, it is Matthew McConaughey." And then, mm. you know, got in and saw the other actors. And I was like, "Holy shit. I thought I was watching just like this random show about Elvis being like a secret Mm. agent kind of character that Mm. was because the premise doesn't seem like you would have like a star studded voice acting cast to it. So I was like, pleasantly surprised. And and that reminds me, we we totally missed Tom Kenny, uh, the voice of SpongeBob. Well, he's literally voiced like a million characters. (laughs) Yeah. In in this, he's the voice of Scatter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the voices of the monkey. He didn't really, the, the monkey didn't say anything, right? I know. Uh, it, he made a couple noises. It okay. kind of reminds me of like when Frank Welker, is that the guy, a uh, big famous voice actor from like the 80s, 90s, did all the cartoons. Uh, yeah, Transformers. Yeah, he, he, yeah Transformers. And, uh, but like he did uh, like voice voices of Gremlins. <laughs> 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 yep. There you go. You said it, well, so we Corey didn't have said to. it. It's canon. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's. Yeah. Um, but so I don't know if you guys watched the first episode. Probably not. But I watched the first episode, and then the second episode, and then I watched actually a couple more episodes, uh, <laughs> just because I wanted to really make sure I got the flavor of the show. Um, because the thing the is, I don't, acid key. well, yeah, well, <laughs> and this one it is. For drinking from the top. So the, I gotta say, if you haven't ah, seen the first ah. episode, the first episode they basically find uh, Charles Manson's like commune, his like sex commune, and they like bust that all up. There's lots of gore, and the one takeaway from that episode is that uh, Elvis is like he Elvis truly cares about the state. Like, the prosperous of the United States and the fact that he wants to, like, basically stop people from doing fucked up shit. And also, mm. his sidekick, Scatter, the chimp, uh, <laughs> literally tags along because he just loves murdering people. <laughs> like, Mr. Scatter is a fucking psycho. 
So, like, <laughs> you don't get it so much in this episode that we watched, but, like, Mr. Mm. Mr. Scatter is unhinged. Um, so, anyway, let's start the episode. So, the opening scene, we see Elvis. He's, like, walking in the desert. He falls down from apparent exhaustion. There's a rattlesnake directly on the ground in front of him, and he pulls out a gun and tries to shoot it, but it's out of bullets, and he just mutters, fuck you, Vegas, because (laughs) he's in the desert outside Vegas, and that's also conveniently the name of the episode. Hmm. Um, Fuck you, Vegas. Also, I picked this episode because I feel like we haven't alienated any listeners in Vegas yet. So I also was just like, you know what? Let me just, uh, Hey, you know, uh, I gotta, I gotta make sure that I offend somebody every episode. Um, it's kind of a thing. So then we flash back to Elvis doing a show on a Las Vegas stage singing Viva Las Vegas. And, uh, he starts to have, so this is, you know, theoretically like a day or two before. Um, he starts to have some flashbacks of either like a military operation or some torture or just getting jumped by some... He was in the army, right? He, in real life. Elvis, yeah, yeah he yep. did do a tour in real life. I yeah. don't know how active the tour was. So it seemed like some brainwashing was going on, and I was actually confused as to if it was something that happened in the first episode. No. Because I didn't have time to watch the first episode. No, I think they uncover that later in the season that I haven't quite seen yet, but, like, Elvis is, he's like this uh, iconic singer, but also he has, like, this hidden, like, military training yeah Yeah, he has this military Mm. training that's like embedded in him at some point which is why he's having these flashbacks probably like it's It's like when like when bob's burgers became archer in that intro to bob's burgers yes yes just like that yeah any of that meant but so um, it made me kind of wonder if they were trying to retcon the reason elvis did all the kicks and stuff on stage (laughs) <laughs> I do think that that's he ends, up, he ends up throwing a whole bunch of kicks and shit. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so uh, he's throwing those kicks and stuff randomly because he's having like flashbacks or a psychotic breakdown, whatever you want to, whatever you want to mm. pick. And he's uh, he ends up actually turning around and just beating the shit out of his drummer. And at the end of the show, people end up actually praising him they're just like oh man that was so great like the kung fu moves were real cool and he's just like oh yeah thanks uh i do have to say that uh after he beat the shit out of the drummer and then like came to and like started singing i just noticed it just looked really funny the 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 way the bass player was like looking at the piano player just looked really worried his face was like oh no so worried we're next about to catch this ass whooping Yep. Yes. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Dylan, you know, as a uh, as somebody who's played instruments for a while, if you're in a band, I mean, the the drum the drum player and the bass player is supposed to be synced up. So I don't know if the drum player gets beat up, the bass player is just like, ah, oh, fuck. That's it. Yeah, but also being in a band is like. 
there's always tension between somebody and somebody else. That's true. And to be honest, if I was going to punch... Actually, no, I'd probably punch everyone and tear it out, to be honest, <laughs> for everything. I'd punch myself, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ken being just very strict, Rob just being Rob. We all know that. You and then you know Fillmore being Fillmore. Well, you know what's funny about that group is that like everybody had an entirely opposite, polar opposite <laughs> personality of everybody else, and we had polar opposites of what we all wanted to play as play for music. <laughs> we never settled on what we wanted to play, oh and that's what made zeroed out, zeroed out. <laughs> Jesus. Ken wanted to play Lamb of God. Uh, Fillmore wanted to play uh, Van Halen. I wanted to play stuff like like Pennywise and Green Day, and Newman just was there. Yeah. <laughs> Newman just wanted to be in a band. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know if he wanted to be in a band. You're right. It's just Actually, Wait, hold on. It, what did what did Rob play? Bass. He played bass. Of course. So to be sense. honest, if that Rob wanted to play music, this is when he was into like Thursday and Thrice and stuff like that. And he's like, we should play stuff like that. And I was like, oh. But you oh, know what's funny though is that like I played bass and I was in a band for a little bit and like I f- you were in a I f- band, yeah, in high school. Um, you mean the band? No, <laughs> like I had like a I had a band that was not as good as Dylan's band. We were. We I mean, it didn't good. have a name apparently because I've never heard of it. Yeah, we were called Back in Five. Listeners, do not look up Zeroed Out on YouTube. Oh, see, so here's the thing. I've heard of Back in 5. I thought it was a stupid ska band that I've never bothered to look up. (laughs) That's probably what what Keith was. (laughs) No, it wasn't a a ska band, but I I was very into ska music back then. I know. Who was in your band? Horrible with that. Ryan. uh, Ryan Andrzejczyk. Wait, he played guitar? He played guitar. Uh... So, um, Wait, just answer the question: play? Who was in your band? Who was your bass player? No, no, I was the bass player. So this, oh, the, the and then who played drums? Uh, oh, yeah. So originally it was Matt uh, Maluski. That's Matt, Matt Maluski was fucking nasty at drums. He was good. Matt Maluski, if you're listening to this, this is Dylan and Keith, and we all miss you and wonder where you went. Please contact so, us. Hey, <laughs> don't leave me out of that. I oh, and Corey and Tom, uh, sorry. So the thing is, is <laughs> that eventually Matt's mom, he, like no matter what time of day we went to his house to practice, like apparently his mom was just home all the time and hated yep. it when Matt play, played his drums and when we uh. played music inside, even though we were in the basement. So eventually, like Matt just like was like, I can't do the band anymore because my mom hates this. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. then, so then we had a uh, oh fucking Bill. What's Bill's? Bill oh, holy no. crap! Now you know I remember. Bill. I actually you know saw you guys play at Bill's house. Yeah, Bill's in Bill's garage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wonder um, how you booked that one. Bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What's Bill's last name? Fuck me! Oh. I don't know. Are we doxing everybody now? Right That's what we do. We all know who you're talking about. All the people so, who know right. Bill know who yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. We don't need I, to remember I his remember, last name for people to I Google. I remember his street name. Just in that. I know. <laughs> Like he lived right around from my father. All right, so he's like a stone throw. Oh no, hold on. no, he lives that, in the high school. That confused the fuck out of me when you said street name. No. I thought you meant like his name on the street. No, I did too. <laughs> no, not <laughs> <laughs> like where he oh lives. My <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! 
street name. So anyway, hey, it's Billy Blowjob. So, so what Dylan, you? Dylan, you know, what's, you know what's funny about that show is that um, <laughs> is that we played a show out of Bill's garage with like the garage doors open. So like the yeah. band was like kind of at the edge of the garage, and then everybody was outside of it. And fucking Fillmore and some of his friends. Oh, I was probably there. Walked that's, down. That's Fillmore's no, uh, no, street so, name. So Phil, Fillmore, that was just his last <laughs> name too. But he walked was. down the street with some some other people, and they stole chairs off of people's porches oh around the neighborhood to story. put in Bill's fucking I driveway. I wasn't invited to this, by the way. And then like <laughs> somebody, uh, I didn't invite anybody, uh-huh. so. <laughs> I, so then, like, Bill's dad got, like, calls from the neighbors, and Bill's dad had to, like, yell. And he was, like, the least intimidating person in the entire did, planet. But did, he had you to, guys, like, <laughs> did you guys play the uh, the Battle of the Bands at the YMCA? No, we didn't do that. Oh, okay. All right, never mind. <laughs> or if we did, I, I wasn't there, which is I will say possible. this. My, one of my very earliest memories, well, not earliest, but one of my very fond memories of uh playing video games is you know me and matt maluski were very good friends in high school mm-hmm. um and i would go over his house and it's when airsoft used first came out so we were using airsoft gun stuff but he used to have uh grand theft auto 2 and we used to play that for hours it was like the above view oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like top, top down ps1 game yep. yeah mm-hmm. i played that for hours and now i play grand theft good, auto 5. Was, you know what though grand theft auto 2 is a good game i love that rockstar come out with grand theft auto 6 Let's they go. Are. Come on. Uh, supposedly they they're going the to. map for it. They better. Yeah. It's gigantic. Of course it oh, is. Once that comes out, you guys are going to lose me for a while. Eventually, <laughs> eventually it's just going to be a VR game in real life where, like, they just... They, oh, they no. just super. No, they just super. Eventually, like, they're going to charge you sixty dollars to go out and steal cars. <laughs> no, that's that's the funny thing is that, like they're going to. Like, I need this. You're going to have to actually run down the street. It's going to have like Google Street Map like view, and then oh, they're going to just superimpose Sims. The well, the real problem is, is when you the street. when you go to when you go to beat up that hooker on the side of the road, and it's at the same time that some real person Uh-oh, is actually walking past you. You're gonna beat up a real person <laughs> and not just the oh, sim. No. Uh, I'll try to find this, and you guys will see it in a text later. But there's a video I saw a long time ago where somebody. It's literally that. It's like. You see from their point of view, like their eyes, like everything, they're in the real world and everything's virtual reality and it looks crazy and this and that. And the purpose of the video is their thing starts to break and it, you start seeing the real world and it's like apocalyptic and all that shit. It's actually a really cool video. I'll send that to you guys later. Once It'll take me a while mm. to find. Sounds good. All right. So let's get back to the episode. So people praised uh, Elvis for, you know doing his kung fu moves on stage even though they were fucking real and he basically like assaulted one of his band members uh they get back to the dressing room and he finds who who we learned her name afterwards but cc uh who's a woman uh in skin tight leather martial artist uh has a whole bunch of weapons she's hiding in his closet and she basically tells elvis that um he actually met her in the first episode, but she tells Elvis that she, that her boss wants to meet him, and he's like, "Yeah, fucking everybody does." Uh, <laughs> and she's trying to convince him to, you know, go and meet her boss, and he's asking about his security guards, and she lets them fall out of the the closet that she was in, and they fall on the ground unconscious, and then through their talks, uh, the guards start waking up, 
and she basically whips out a taser, but it's like, it's not like the tasers that we have right now, which like tasers, most people probably don't even know the ones that like shoot the two projectiles out attached to wires. Yeah. Uh, they have a one time explosive charge. Her taser is like a reusable taser. <laughs> Like, it's like the wires come all the way back in. She could just fire it again at some point. Sort of retractable one. Yeah, which, uh, number one, why, if we're going to make tasers, why are they not, like, reusable like that? Like, our tasers are like a one-shot. It's probably because the police department pays for them. Or you're... You know, it's government money, so we're just, like, wasting things. It's like, if you bought a gun that could shoot one bullet, and then you had to throw it away, they'd probably do that, too. <laughs> I'm pr- can you even buy a taser that has a projectile? Cops can. Well, sure, okay. Cops can also arrest people. Oh, true. And, uh, I, don't, I don't think that civilians... I don't think civilians uh, get that version Corey, of taser. Corey, the answer is you can. Is it legal? I yeah, don't exactly. know, but I, you yeah. can. No, so the civilian <laughs> no, version... Like the ones I always think of for civilians are the ones that like you have to hold to somebody. Yeah, it has two metal prongs and it passes... very reusable. It passes current back and forth. But that's that's the thing, though, is the 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 one with the the projectiles attached to wires. That's one that you can hit people from a distance. Because the one that you're thinking of, you got to get real close and personal. The other one, you just shoot someone with it, and as long as you hit them with both wires, you make a connection. Do, do you know what Taser stands for? Uh, it's the Thomas. Oh yeah. man, it's the. T- Thomas, oh fuck me! Come on, Keegan, the Z is fucking S. him up. The Z is fucking him up. No, it's not. It's oh, there's no Z. No, uh, I knew this. I fucking knew this at one point. And the reason why you brought it up because your name is Tom, so of course you fucking know this. <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember Fine, the so rest it of it. Tom. I remember the guy that invented is Tom. Tom Swift and his electric rifle. It's it's a, a yeah. book that was written well before tasers actually existed. It, like like nineteen ten, nineteen eleven. Science fiction. Yeah, the and then years later, That's when someone actually made it real, they're like, "Oh shit, what should we name it?" And they went back to that book, and they're like, "Oh, there's a book called Tom Swift and his electric rifle, where he shoots electric bullets to take down elephants." So uh, they're like, okay, let's let's call it a taser. They just made it an acronym of the the. Good title thing of that the, guy the read book. that book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, it could have been laser. Yeah. No, it's mm. it's Tom A Swift electric rifle. The A was throwing me off. That's what I couldn't I couldn't mm. remember what the A was for, and it's literally just his middle initial. <laughs> God damn. So, regardless, so he, <laughs> Elvis calls it a zapper gun, which honestly, mm. so the whole thing too with this show is that it seems like this show actually takes place back when Elvis was popular. It doesn't take place like current yeah. day 2023. I think they yeah. said it was like 1960, what, 68, was it? They, they say remember. the year during the episode. Yeah. Because yeah, he's I, 33. Yeah, um, yeah. They, they mentioned his age. That's so. true. They did say he was 33. So, um, 
so what's interesting about that is that like i don't know the taser was probably like decades from being invented i don't know Mm. No, actually not. Never mind. The taser was first developed in mid-1970s, so it was definitely past this episode, but not by that much. Within the ballpark, yeah, pretty close. Um, Wow, I'm impressed. But it might have just been the version, though, that Corey was referring to that had the two metal prongs that just passed electricity Mm. back and forth. Mm -hmm. Probably wasn't the one that actually shot the probes. Not Um, the cool one. Yeah. The one, the one that shot metal bits into you and then shocked you. See, if if the one that shoots the metal bits that you need to connect with to actually do anything can't also do the other form, I think I would rather just have the up close taser. I think the well, one that shoots because otherwise you're like, ah, I missed. I guess no. So I that's get fucked up. That's a real problem with that type of taser, though, is because if you shoot somebody, I. Th- think uh, i don't know somebody correct me if i'm wrong but i think that if you only hit him with one of those probes and not the second one i don't i don't think it completes the circuit so yeah like it's still no it's it's still it still hurts because like those little metal bits it fires out (laughs) they're meant to they're meant to hit with a dart yeah they're meant to hit in like barb under your skin so it's not gonna feel nice but like at the same time like they're not gonna like you're not gonna get you know electrocuted um, mm. but anyway, so Elvis basically says, Hey, if you give me one of them zapper guns, I'll go meet your boss. And apparently that's all he needed. Uh, so he's, <laughs> he goes back to the penthouse. He's explaining to Bobby Ray, who's played by, uh, or voiced by Johnny Knoxville, uh, where they're going. And Bobby Ray's asking questions and he's basically just evading every answer. And they realize that they're going to leave Scatter, or sometimes referred to as Scatter or Mr. Scatter, but uh, they're chimpanzee who's just straight into debauchery. Uh, They're going to leave him in the penthouse. So Elvis tells him, uh, no chicks, no booze, and no bullshit. And as soon as as they walk out the door, Mr. Scatter... uh, picks a magazine up off the table where there's like a bunch of lines of cocaine. What do you assume is cocaine? I mean, it's a white, eh, it was cocaine. It's a white substance all <laughs> like made into lines. He snorts all of them at once and mm-hmm. then jumps out the window, mm-hmm. flies multiple stories down, grabs onto another window, enters the apartment of a girl that is apparently waiting for him to show up. And then we find out later that they end up at the casino. Um, I very, I very much like that scene. Just going to point it out. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, so like, Scatter is just like, I was, I was immediately like, please tell me this episode is about Scatters. Dude, he is. <laughs> please, yeah. please stay with him on this episode. So he, you get his his personality in this episode somewhat, but like in the first episode, he's much more murderous. Um, oh. So, like, this episode, he's more just, like, drinking and doing drugs and just fucking up. Uh, but, like, the episodes kind of just go Bullshit back. Them. Like, from what I've seen, though, the episodes kind of go back and forth with that. Where, like, Scatter's either literally saving everyone's ass by being, like, incredibly violent. Or he's making everybody's life hard by just... So, incredibly so, so Dylan, I feel like you'd appreciate this. He's kind of like Bender from Futurama, 
but just like yeah. way more violent. Okay. <laughs> so he's that sidekick. Um, but anyway, so he goes to the casino with the girl. They almost get kicked out when they sit down sit down at a blackjack table. But somebody realizes that he's Elvis's monkey. So yeah. they let him and stay the best, and gamble. The best part of the episode. And I would say yes. proof that humans must not be done evolving. Because <laughs> I cannot flip somebody off with my toes, and I want to. Oh, yeah, Scatter <laughs> flips off with his hands and his toes to the guy that was about to kick him out. Yeah, that's... Uh... Guy gets flipped off four times at once. Mm-hmm. I mean, he kind of deserved it. He was about to kick out Elvis's monkey. Yeah. So, we cut back to uh, Cece and Elvis and Bobby Ray. They arrive at what's essentially like an, an airplane hangar. Um where they're supposed to meet Cece's boss while they're waiting. Cause her boss isn't there yet. They decide to go check out this ginormous plane that's in the hangar. They make Bobby Ray stay outside. And when they're on the plane, they meet a character called Howard <laughs> Hughes and Howard Hughes. Now, if you've ever seen, um, aviator, aviator, right? Leonardo DiCaprio, I feel like, does an amazing job playing Howard Hughes. I never knew the real Ooh. Howard Hughes, but I don't know. I thought I it was... I feel like that might have been a movie I fell asleep during at the movie theater. Really? Man. I like that movie. It's a... Oh, no, no, no. Never mind. It's Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Oh, that yeah. I fell asleep. yeah. The whole movie. That's Did not see a different. second of it. I think I was with different. one of you guys, too. Um... So either you guys or and I was just I was completely out. So <laughs> worst movie ever. Howard Hughes was like this like genius that really like pushed he well he pushed the barrier on a lot of like engineering feats with planes, and so uh, the Howard Hughes in in this is the um, the later stage. It's an exaggeration of the later stage life Howard Hughes, who had a lot of he had a lot of mental health problems. As far as uh, I, like, I don't know. It wasn't even just anxiety. It was like anxiety and paranoia, probably schizophrenia. Like there was a lot going on there. But anyway, uh, he's in the cartoon here, and he looks like a homeless person and he pisses into a jar in front of Elvis and Cece. And Elvis is like, Oh, you have a homeless man on your plane, <laughs> which then Cece explains, no, that's Howard. And he's a billionaire and a genius. And Howard is talking to them for a minute and he's about to give them a tour of the ship or the plane. I don't know. I think they might've called it a ship, but, uh, he was like, Oh, well, let's, yeah, he goes, the skyship of tomorrow. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so he's like, let's start with the most interesting part, the cockpit, you know, because of the cock. Um, oh. <laughs> so he immediately gets captured, though, by a couple of, like, Russians, seemingly, that basically yeah. kind of snuck on board. Well, we kind of saw this foreshadowed when they were first getting onto the plane because um, Elvis' sidekick, I'm blanking on the name, Johnny oh, Bob, Knoxville. Bobby Ray, yeah. Bobby Ray. Bobby Ray. Yeah. He 
saw them uh, take out. I don't think he saw them. I think that Bobby Ray was doing something. No, no, he ducked because he saw people come up, and he ducked behind a car. Oh no, he was going through the purse. He he dropped. Oh yeah, he was was going through the purse, and he found the cigarettes. Yeah, it was just coincidence that he ducked Uh, when when the guys. See, this is the problem with watching it one time. Mm, See. So pick up on the uh, the (laughs) the nuances of the episode. There you go. So. The Russians end up on the plane. They kind of just grab Howard, make him fingerprint scan through like the the door into the cockpit, and then shut the door behind them. So now they have the guy that built the plane with them, and Elvis and CC are just basically fucked um, because the door is bulletproof. Um, but she fired a rage bullet into it anyway. That's true. <laughs> yeah, Elvis that's, is like, why are you fighting bullets? That's something I feel like I would end up doing if I ever had to yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, fire rage bullets. <laughs> I mean, checks out. I mean, how many times... Have you guys ever played a, a first-person shooter game and mm. not fired a rage bullet? Mm. Just out of anger. You know you're not going to kill anybody with it. You can just fire one. I usually yeah. end up doing... If we're talking like Call of Duty, I end up doing the air knife rage. <laughs> where I just am yeah. about to break my controller and I'm just like pressing the, the thumbstick in so it's knifing the air. I'm pretty mm. sure every single bullet I shoot in every single video game is a rage bullet. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. It's 100%. Every They're single all one. rage bullets. They're, they all have the same amount of hate attached yes. to them. <laughs> Do uh, it. Nice. <laughs> uh, so. Um, do it. So anyway, outside we clip to outside as this this plane is now taking away out of the hangar. So Bobby Ray's like, "Oh fuck!" He actually uses those. Uh, he finds the the blowtorch cigarettes in Cece's purse. <laughs> accidentally lights his own hat on fire and then sees this plane taking off. So he sees a plane off to the side that looks like to me looks like a like a World War Two. Um, dog fighting plane. Yeah, yeah. like a dog fighting. Yeah. It's like a, like the double wing setup and two in two pilot or uh, two like seats. A plane Snoopy would be, what be flying. Biplane, right? Yeah, yeah, biplane. Yeah. So yeah. Um, he apparently jumps into that, and uh, the Russians on the big plane they open up the door once they get into the sky, and Elvis and CC just get sucked right out of the plane. Um, so they're just <laughs> free falling. Um, Cece's boss, seemingly like a minute later, shows up to the hangar, sees no one's there. He has an assistant, and he just basically just berates the shit out of his assistant on why nobody's there. Like, he's just like, oh, huh, they said they were going to be here at 0300 hours. Uh, is there any sort of experimental cloaking devices that I'm not aware of that they might be wearing? And just like really gets like the most passive aggressive I think I've ever seen. That scene, Keith, is probably one of my favorite scenes from this episode. Well, especially because it's see... Don Cheadle doing it. Yeah, and it's Don Cheadle, the just with the voice, everything. It's just so perfect because I'm like, 
If I were in an organization, I could totally see myself busting my subordinates' balls. Honestly, I was going to say that this is this is, this is is a Tom move right here. <laughs> like, if Tom was running an organization and somebody else was running, running late and he only had his assistant there, he'd be like... <laughs> Coming up with all these like weird scenarios to explain why the other people weren't there and just blaming it on his assistant. But at the end of the conversation, though, he's super pissed because he's just like, well, I guess th- th- we have two problems. They're not here, and we are way behind on creating a cloaking device. <laughs> so, there you go. I mean... Mm-hmm. It checks out. I mean, we actually see, so, spoiler, in a later episode, we actually see that, like, his organization literally has an entire department devoted to, like, inventing crazy shit like that. So, like, it yeah. checks out. Cool. Um, so, Elvis and Cece are falling out of this plane. Elvis, I don't know how this would work and tom maybe this is another physics problem for your oh god your students but he grabs he grabs elvis's cloak he grabs the bottom of his cloak with one hand to create like a quasi parachute to try to slow their fall which Which causes a drag force it would rack the force through gravity but but cc also points out that would have been right well yeah so this is the thing is that he's slowing them down a little bit and cc's like yeah, we're still gonna die. Like that's not your cloak is you, the the two and a half foot by by four foot piece of fabric on your back is not going to save us. Like mm. so, luckily, uh, neither one of them needs to test their hypothesis because Bobby Ray shows up in the biplane and. He ends up uh, getting close enough to them where they can, you know, between Elvis slowing them down with the cloak, maybe. I don't know if that helped at all. Uh, but they're able to land onto the biplane. And uh... um, I, I just want to point out, uh, not so much from a real physics standpoint, but from cartoon physics. I, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking, when else has somebody fallen out of a plane? Sure, there's countless cartoons, but... I imagined, or I, I, I visualized uh, Peggy Hill from King of the Hill. Oh. Uh, do you guys remember that episode where oh, yes. she's going skydiving? She no. jumps out and her parachute doesn't open. She's she flying, too. Yeah, she's she literally fucking... crashes into the ground. She breaks her back, and then like the second half of the episode is basically Cotton, Cotton Hill, Hank's father, you know, uh, teaching her to walk again just by sheer hatred for him like motivates her to 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 prove him wrong and to, uh, to I think and I do remember this episode. It, it's a great episode and it just I don't know, you're talking about, you know, would it would the cape save Elvis? I'm like fuck that. Was Peggy it, uh... Hill didn't even need a parachute. She landed. So Boom Wait, hold on. Yeah. She was fine. I'm pretty sure that so when we were in high school, uh there was a kid named Jeremy. I don't remember his last name. Oh, uh, you don't want to say his last name? No, I don't remember it. Um, Dylan, uh, you, know, you knew Jeremy. Uh, I mean, just say the story. I only know one Jeremy, I think. Well, I know two, my brother, and then the other Jeremy that we went to high school with. The Jeremy we went to high school with, he told me one time yeah. that his his dad actually went skydiving and the parachute didn't fully oh. open. Oh, and I he, do remember and that. And he, hit, yeah. he <laughs> hit the ground, but luckily mm-hmm. the ground, he hit like a hill. 
and, they, and, I it, forgot about and it that. was raining for like days before. He hit the hill and he bounced like 20 or 30 feet back in the air and then he and then he hit the ground again he broke his leg but that was it yeah he survived yeah i forgot about that fucking crazy keith memory the memory that's a crazy story Uh, dude just weird 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 shit sticks in my brain but like i I remember that and i was like there's i was like no fucking way and he he was just like so adamant about he's like dude i like i swear to god he's like i could introduce you to my dad he'll fucking tell you the story and i'm like no yeah Yeah. But so, just a quick little side thing, uh, Tom, the episode of uh, King of the Hill where Peggy's falling, I remember watching that one because the way that they actually draw her falling, she still has her arms or legs out, and they draw her falling really fast. And I remember yeah. watching that episode and being like, oh my god, she's going to hit the ground, and she fucking hit the ground. I was like, <laughs> yeah. But the way she's falling is also comedic, too. It's like, <laughs> it's like funny. <laughs> well, so wait, hold on. Terminal velocity is funny. Got it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep i'm gonna tell that to my students in two weeks when i'm teaching my summer course on terminal I, velocity i like how ter- it's funny don't worry guys technically it's funny. is does terminal velocity the phrase terminal velocity is like a double entendre because it's terminal velocity because you can't it's terminal because you can't fall any faster than that at a given point but it's also terminal because if you hit something you're probably dead <laughs> mm. right <laughs> No, no, Keith. Uh, terminal velocity depends on several factors, and you could be like a, a an ant, for instance, because an ant is so small, uh, mm. has a much smaller surface area and everything. You could drop an ant from an incredibly high distance, uh, and the drag force is large enough, it happens soon enough to where it slows it down. An ant could fall really, really high up and hit the ground and be perfectly fine. Hold on a second. This is... Wait, wait. This is why this is really weird that you brought this up because when I went hiking the other day, I was like surrounded by ants, or there was like an ant like carrying something. <laughs> and you and were like, throwing them ant. off a cliff. No, no, I was like surviving. It was that thought that like you know ants can carry like you know however many times their body weight, and that's really crazy. Mm. And like you know, and then it actually made me think. I've never actually seen it, and then I'm like, well, you know, that's why Ant Man is actually a superhero, and that's why they made a movie out of it because you know they actually are pretty crazy. But I've never seen the movie, so I can't. Well, that. he doesn't really get super strength at all, because he's not—he's not an ant. No, he doesn't. Oh, like he's not true. like Spider-Man, and he doesn't get ah. Okay. Like he, no. he's able to shrink really small, or grow very large. Yeah, it's and proportional then that, that's why strength. everybody everybody says that the Ant Man could have killed the person in the movie by just crawling up his asshole and then expanding. Oh yeah, the, the well, yeah. If you want to have a really bad day, yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys watch the boys on Amazon. Well, cause... depending on how, <laughs> no. we're we're making a lot of assumptions about the inner fortitude of Thanos here. Maybe it's <laughs> really strong. I mean, you're you're gonna judge Ant Man's ability to return to uh, not just normal size, but like. You know, probably he's probably going to go like giant size. Giant man, right? You're going to yep. judge his and ability his to do that versus Thanos's ability to shit to him punch. out as quickly as possible. <laughs> no, just <laughs> shit him out, like because you know, like what if he's only in there like a little bit? Like, you know, he gives he if he drops one log, Ant Man's just yeah. gonna. You well, know, no, you know, 
Thanos I'm... is an alien. So what if his insides are so strong that when Ant Man tries to expand, oh. he can't. And Keith is and assuming he dies Thanos before. has a butthole. <laughs> no, that's but also he's that's an true. alien. He might not that's have true. a butthole. Do, do you guys see the Conehead movies? Wait, hold on, hold it. on. But Tom, he, I think there's an equal chance that Thanos has either no butthole or multiple buttholes. Also, we're making a lot of assumptions that why would you want to go in the butthole when you could just go down the mouth? True. Uh, style points. <laughs> like, I, I feel like interesting. Style. Didn't didn't think about that. Well, the I, thing is, he's so small. You could just say you went up the butthole and not actually go up the butthole. Yep. I thought you were gonna say dickhole. To be I honest, agree, Corey. Okay. Again, well, uh, you should watch the boys on Amazon. Well, I feel like the dickhole is more uh, threatening than butthole. I don't know. Mm. Like, if something if something was gonna go up my butt, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna poop it out. If something went up my <laughs> dick, I'd be screaming. Uh, yeah, I've had kidney stones. No, hold on, hold on, Are you going to say that if something went up your butt, you wouldn't be screaming? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, come You'd here, just be like, fella. no, I just, need to, I just need to start pushing. I I just think that there's... <laughs> real good. That was good, Corey. There's, there's, good. there's a solid substance in there that I can use to my advantage to get that out. Maybe. Oh, what if you already you... went? Oh, that's true. Then I'd be oh, screaming yeah. too. Mexican food. Yeah. Oh dear lord. I... But we'll see who butt fucks who. Hey listeners, if you've enjoyed our podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could give us a good rating on iTunes or wherever you rate your podcast. Also, tell your friends to listen. If you don't have friends, tell your dog. If you don't have a dog, tell your cat. If you don't have a cat, tell your fish. If you don't have a fish, tweet it on Twitter. And get friends on Twitter. Tell everybody on Twitter. Scream it on Instagram. Scream it out your window. We love you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> you see me, telling us you see superpowers me, to have no, shit ready at all times. You see me driving to Taco Bell so fast. <laughs> <laughs> Pouring fire sauce oh, down no. your throat. Get out of my ass. <laughs> The problem is I haven't I haven't been to Taco Bell in so long. I'd be I'd be ordering shit frantically through the drive thru that they don't even serve anymore and they'd be like, Sir, we don't have that. Sir, we don't have that sir, either. Sir, and you should like, only order that on the app. <laughs> oh no. Oh man. Fucking Dude, hate this, that shit. this is this is how those viral TikTok videos get made. Is that somebody gets something stuck in their ass, they have to go to Taco well, Bell. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not on TikTok. I didn't know that was the thing. Uh, I don't know, I'm just assuming. But they you go pull to, up to the drive through and they go to try and make their viral hey, TikTok by shoving stuff up their ass and it's trying hard, to get it out of shitting it out by Taco Bell. Listen, you could you could go to a pharmacy and you could get some laxatives or you could go to Taco Bell. At least you get to eat Taco Bell first before having the violent shits. So you know you know. To get the guy uh, out of your should, ass. Yeah. We should we should, oh God, we should get back to this episode. So, so after uh, Elvis and Cece are falling out of the sky and they say, Bobby Ray saves them with the, the biplane, um, <clears throat> the plane starts running out of gas. So they kind of have to do a crash landing. Um, so one of the things that Elvis tells uh, Cece about Bobby Ray earlier in the episode is, or like earlier in the scene, 
is he can fly, drive, or fix anything. And yeah. the plane starts breaking down, and he's just like, <laughs> all right, he can fix it, right? He was like, uh, anybody got a sure. shit ton of gasoline? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Asking for a friend. I feel like that was pulled directly off of, like, Reddit. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Well, the asking for a friend part is yeah. just like... <laughs> I don't think anybody ever would have said that back in the sixties or whatever. No, no, that was that was current day humor, but it was it was it was pointed. I liked it. Um, so we clip back to the casino. Uh, Birdie, who's Birdie, is like um, she's essentially like a mom figure to Elvis. Um, She's actually hanging out with Red Fox, uh, who I believe is a comedian. Yep. And they're getting some drinks. Um, really? Shoot. Really, Keith? Yeah. Keith, how do you not know really, who he Keith? is? Yeah, I've... Come on. I'm well, going to chime in on that one. <laughs> come on. Hey, I don't know, I don't know celebrities. Uh, well, hey, listen. I pulled that off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure he's a comedian. I just didn't want to... You I, big dummy! I don't have a... Yeah. I don't... I don't have a... Sanford remember that shirt Sons I used to wear? San Francisco's son. Son. So I was so I was right. Stop hanging out. So everybody bump a blood out but Keith. Yeah. I like how Tom was so fucking out of sync. Thanks, thanks for representing the rhythm of white people, Tom. Keith, Keith, you're you're hosting tonight. I used to use that music all. I used to use that music all the time on my YouTube channel. That's awesome. Yeah, like year one, that was that was like my theme song, and then at the end of it, it would go, "You big dummy." So, so Red, Red, Red explains to Bertie that he was one of the first black people to ever play in Vegas and that all the white people at this point, they just give him whatever he wants. And he goes, because they, they assume all black people carry a knife, but I don't, I carry a pistol <laughs> and I'm like, all right, there you go. Like this, that was a nice, uh. Nice, like, throwback. Gives him five cross day lip. (laughs) It was a nice, it was a nice throwback to old school comedian. It was like, yeah. So Bertie orders. I wish I realized that that was Red Fox when I was watching. Yeah, it was Red Fox. I would have had all that shit ready for you. So, Corey, guess what? I caught that on this. Actually, I caught it on the third watch through. But, um. (laughs) How do you have such time? Well, dude, uh. I honestly, like, I had to triage this show after the kids went to bed, and then I watched it in between meetings uh, one day, and then I watched it again today. mainlining this episode. Dude, it was, like, and I've watched a couple other episodes, too, but, like, it's, dude, it's, I gotta fit them in when I can. It's, unfortunately, sometimes it's like, oh, I'm gonna watch the first half of this episode, and then go do this, or... Like help help one of my kids out and then watch the second half of the episode because this show's not appropriate for children. Um, but so uh, Birdie orders a virgin daiquiri and three shots of tequila on the side, which honestly sounds like something I'd fucking do. Um, <laughs> 
because the daiquiris for the taste and the tequilas for the fun. So, yeah. uh, the waiter basically says, no, like your account's overdrawn. She's like, I'm on the Presley account. And he's like, yeah, it's overdrawn. And she's like, that's not possible. Like, There's no limit. And he's like, well, someone named Mr. Scatter uh, has basically racked up this bill of $302,000. So the fucking chimpanzee has gambled 300 grand in what I assume is like an hour. Like it hasn't been maybe two hours. I don't know. Uh, Birdie goes and finds Scatter at the blackjack table. Uh, she basically makes him leave the casino and then she sits down at the blackjack table to win everything back. She's she's a, apparently a gambling powerhouse that we just didn't know about. So, <laughs> Or she's counting cards. Yeah, that too. I mean, it is when, blackjack. When did, when did counting cards become a known thing? <sighs> Probably... Because this might have been before. Yeah, I mean, I feel like counting cards has probably existed for a long time. For a long time, yeah. It just probably was not mainstream until they made movies about it. True. Mm. Yeah. Um, So anyway, after uh, after the crash landing of the plane... Uh, Elvis and CC find like, you know, they crash landed near like a small building and some electric signs and whatever, like kind of somewhat in the desert. Um, and they're trying to look for a way to call for help. Bobby Ray ends up being able to restore the power to the building and stuff and also soups up a truck, but by souping it up, he just makes the exhaust spit fire out of it without making it better in any way. And uh, at the same time, CeCe's... Uh, Keith, Keith. Yeah? It it was better. Well, it was better, but it wasn't, it was like, better. faster. <laughs> it, anything that shoots flames is better. Just But the problem is, is, is that if you take a it's truck... Physics, Keith. If you Don't take argue. a truck that has a carburetor, all you have to do is turn the gas way up and get the exhaust hot enough, and it'll spit fire out the back of it. So, like... Wait, is that all I have to do? make it better. <clears throat> if oh, I'll you, be right back. I'm going to go no, use my Subaru. Di- I'll be right back. Dylan, your He's Subaru... Go make his Subaru better. <laughs> Dylan, your Subaru's not carbureted. It's fuel-injected. Uh, okay. Yeah. You need an old-school uh, vehicle that has a carburetor to do that, because it actually just has, like couple of different screw adjustments for like the uh Mm. oxygen to gas ratio and basically you just make it run way too rich the problem is is that when you do that and then you get on the gas real hard you let off that's when it backfires and it makes like a Mm. bang 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 is like your as your car is slowing down because the exhaust is real hot and it's just passing a bunch of like vaporized gas through it and so Mm. uh anyway uh cc's uh tracking device starts working again she realizes the plane is very close by probably landed and then the bad guys show up and um as they circle the vehicle bobby fucking hits the exhaust and just totally lights one of them on fire <laughs> which was pretty awesome uh um, did i get one <laughs> yeah he goes he goes did i get did i or no did he say did i torch one or something like that and elvis <laughs> says yeah Right before they all get, like, knocked out and captured. Um, So. (sighs) 
Oh, shit. By the way, oh, um, Keith, hmm. when they got knocked out, that reminded me. Recently, I saw like a, a documentary on Netflix where they were explaining, um, you know, movie tropes and, and things that really aren't true. And uh, they talked about the whole knocking someone out. You know, in movies, they make it seem like it's no big deal. You hit him with the back of the gun, they knock out, and then they wake up, no problem later. Yeah. Like, if if you're out for more than, like, a minute or two, you're pretty much going to have brain damage or have, like, a really <laughs> bad concussion, and you will not be able to hop right up and fight crime. No, you're not going to be functioning too well. Like, that's... No, you're fucked. You, your, your brain is, is scrambled. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know. But, whatever. It's Elvis. Um, well, okay, Elvis, we give a pass. <laughs> He's fueled by peanut butter banana sandwiches with jelly. You know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so they wake up. When when they wake up, they're on the hijacked plane again, which I thought was funny because they already got thrown out of this plane, and now they're fucking back on it. And yeah. at this point, the plane is headed back to Vegas. Um, they find out that the Russians made Howard turned the nuclear reactor that was powering the plane into a nuclear bomb so they could basically fly back to Vegas and blow it up all because the TCB uses Vegas and the Vegas casinos to fund its operations and uh, CC works for this organization called the TCB so every time they mention it she's like yeah let's just forget about that part (laughs) so We kind of learn, like, in the next episodes, like, they slowly kind of, like, give you more information about the TCB from what I've seen. Like, you don't get, like, there's not an episode where they're just like, this is what it is. Like, it's kind of like. That's really confusing, then. Yeah, they give it to you, like, the name of uh, Elvis's band TCB. Taking care of business. Oh, maybe. Because, like, when I. I googled it because I was really confused as to what they like what this TCB joke was, and that's what came up that he the band yeah, that plays with him when he's touring is taking care of business. That's what they and that's they what called he called his band in the, the TCB band concert circuit in 1969. <laughs> so yeah. like the, the the TCB she's a part of I have no idea what it is. No, it's it's a different like military organization that is. Huh. Trying to do the thing is, it sounds like her organization is trying to do what he's trying to do, which is like, you know, find bad actors and get rid of them, right? Yeah, take care of business. Um, But they go by TCB, but they don't want anybody to know that. So uh, we find out that so they're all they're all trapped in this room. So it's uh, Elvis, Cece, Bobby Ray, and now Howard. Tied up in this room on the plane. And Howard, uh, we find out <laughs> this is where he's like, well, I can help us out, but somebody's going to have to aim. I'm talking about his dick. Um, because <laughs> we find out that Howard, Howard years ago injected himself with radiation trying to turn himself into Spider-Man. And the only thing that happened was that he got razor sharp fingernails, which he can't cut. <laughs> And his piss is basically acid, which then <laughs> explains why he pees into jars because he says it saves the plumbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a little bit of banter about them talking about like, well, didn't you know Spider-Man wasn't real? And he's like, no, it was a fucking con job. Uh, <laughs> so 
they all kind of debate who's going to aim Howard's penis, and it ends up being Bobby Ray. Of course, the guy voiced by the guy from Jackass has to hold somebody else's <laughs> penis. You know, yeah. it's, it's very fitting. It's on brand. <laughs> yeah. So sure, Johnny um, Knoxville, the Jackass dudes, hold many a penis. Oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. He, I'm sure he's touched every penis in that crew, and I'm sure they've Holy. all touched his as well. Uh, if you want to feel old. Uh, way back in the day, when I think the first Jackass movie came out, my father bought it on DVD, and I brought it over to our friend's house, Nate, and we watched it in Nate's. Damn. Oh, wow. Must have been middle school. Nah, high school. I met you guys all in high school. Oh, that's true, high school. Still. But still, yeah. Damn. Yeah, holy crap. 20 plus years ago? Yeah. (laughs) Johnny Knoxville's got to be in his what early fifties, mid fifties now. Yeah, probably. Holy crap! I remember Uh, watching him on TV. At least, at least late forties, if not early fifties. But yeah, yeah. So we, Keith, you're old. I know. I am. I feel it. Yeah. Uh, So we clip back to Birdie. Birdie's basically winning a shit ton of money in blackjack. She tells this story real quick about how. She used to go to this church, and they would play blackjack for um, for toothpicks. And she convinced them to play with money after a certain point. And soon after that, she won the entire church. And now she owns a church. Um, <laughs> so she's obviously really fucking good at blackjack. Uh, mm. We go back, and Bobby Ray, uh, Bobby Ray was the one that had to hold Howard's penis. Uh, one of the guards comes into the room right as Howard starts pissing, and he pisses across like his midsection and basically cuts the man in half. <laughs> that, that was that was actually a pretty awesome scene. It was pretty good. That cracked me off. He's not asking it's... for a reach around. Aim the guy's dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so. At that point, they decide that Howard and Bobby need to go to try to deactivate the nuclear bomb. And Elvis and Cece are going to try to fight off the hijackers um, to give them some time. Uh, Howard and Bobby are unable to fix the bomb. Um, There's, I don't know. There's a couple jokes in there. I don't know about dicks and... Rita Hemsworth seeing Howard's dick or something. Oh yeah, he said. <laughs> yeah. I didn't write it down. He does because he floats by Bobby. If I time. had a what was it? If I had a nickel for every time. Yeah, well, he floats by Bobby, and Bobby says something about like getting his dick out of his face. He goes, "If I had a nickel for every time Rita Hemsworth said that, <laughs> yeah. I'd have eighteen nickels." <laughs> uh, defeats the point of the joke. So anyway, <clears throat> um. They're not able to like they end up they end up fucking with the one wire that Bobby tried to identify from the start as the don't fuck with mm-hmm. wire, um, and they're unable to disarm the bomb. So Elvis shoots out the autopilot so that way it won't automatically fly back to Vegas. Presumably, it crashes before it reaches Vegas. Then I don't know. Like that's. <laughs> If you just turn the autopilot off or blow it up, like I guess that's what happens. Hopefully, uh, they they uh, there's one hijacker left. Howard throws a jar of face melting piss like onto the hijacker's face, and it melts his face off. 
And then he's the only one wearing a parachute. So Elvis basically grabs him and they all, they all grab on, jump out of the plane and pull the parachute. Um, as they're flying down or falling down with the parachute, uh, they realize that the melted face man is still alive and they start trying to question him. And can I just say this real quick? Yeah. Uh, what is the oh my what's that video game with the pirate it's like started off as 8-bit um not like 8-bit 16-bit oh my god it's like a funny pirate game with uh guy labrush um oh my god what is it i have no idea hold on is a computer game or yes yes it was a a video game uh, it's like, there's a delineation there. Like a PC game or like, like a... PC. Uh, Guy, Guybrush Streetwood. Uh, hold on. I'm getting close to the name of the game. Uh, the Secret of Monkey Island and Monkey yeah, Island 2. That's the Truck's was... Revenge. Oh, damn. Uh, so they just in came that... out with uh, another one of those oh. recently. Uh, yeah, my, yeah, my nephew was... Or my niece was playing... Or, no, yeah, my nephew was playing it. And uh, But in, I think... Either one of those, The Secret of Monkey Island or La Truck's Revenge, there's Murray, the talking skull. And when I saw this guy in this episode that came back to life with his face melted <laughs> off, all I could think of was Murray from uh, The Secret of Monkey Island. Nice. <laughs> so he's, like, uh, on the on the flight down, he's, like, fully willing to, like, you know, tell them all the secrets. He's like, oh, maybe I should have a change of life, and maybe I should help you guys out. And then they... When they land, his head just breaks off. So mm. Mm, they don't get any uh, secrets about the bad guys. Um, <laughs> so we clip we we clip back to Birdie real quick. She won all three hundred and two thousand dollars back in the casino playing blackjack. She finds the original blackjack dealer that she that was like racist towards her when she first started playing, and he's at a roulette wheel. She decides to put all of it on because he makes a comment to her she puts all of it on black and they spin the wheel and it lands on red but right after it lands on red the (laughs) plane crashes into the ground you know far enough off where it doesn't hurt them but close enough where it shakes the ground and causes the ball to then jump into the next space over which is black so then she basically just doubles her money um and that guy gets fired from the casino and then just to close out the episode uh we flip back to elvis in the desert because at that point it was nighttime so then they're all walking until morning it's elvis in the desert when he was walking exhausted he fell down he saw the rattlesnake he tried to shoot it he was out of bullets and he pulls out the taser gun that Cece gave him in the beginning of the episode the whole reason why he even agreed to see her boss and he shoots the snake with the taser and he tases it until it explodes. Uh, and then they reach a road and a car driving down the road with the guy Melvin, which Howard knows. And Melvin's apparently picked up Howard before. So that's a weird coincidence that I don't know if ties into anything later. But uh, Howard is apparently leaving his entire fortune to Melvin because of another time that he picked him up on the side of the road. Mm. Kind of weird. But Melvin puts the radio on, and it's a song by The Doors, uh, <laughs> Hello, I Love You. And Elvis goes, ah, oh, fucking Vegas. And that's it. 
Yeah. So, so, how many uh, ropes of penis acid oh, out of ten would you give Agent Elvis? I'll go first. Uh, so I picked this. Actually, I didn't. I didn't tell you guys about it until I watched the first two episodes. I decided to go with the second episode because we do a lot of first episode things, and I figured it didn't. We didn't quite need the backstory from the first episode because the first episode didn't necessarily give a ton of backstory. Um, and I like the second episode so we could say "fuck you, Vegas" a whole bunch of times, um, which we really didn't lean into quite enough. Fuck you, for, Vegas. There you go. Thank you, Tom. Um, yeah. I do think that it's it's got an all-star voice acting cast as far as the celebrity status of all the voice actors. Um, It's funny. It's violent. At times there are episodes that have plenty of sexual stuff to them. It's, it's one of those things where like, I like this show. I do feel like it's just missing a little bit of something though. Like there's something that's just not quite like because i can say this i feel like after watching an episode or two you're like oh it's a funny show then you watch a couple more and you're like it's it's not bad it's good but i feel like there's just like one little thing that you're just missing out of it so for that I think it's plenty good. I'm going to give it a seven and a half. But I feel like if they just fix that one missing element and maybe maybe they'll do it towards the end of season one or maybe it happens in season two if they come up with that later, maybe it'd be higher. But I feel like it's just, there's something missing that I can't put my finger on, which is the reason why it's good, but it's only going to get a seven and a half. Um, if you guys don't mind, I, I'd like to go next just because... Uh, Keith touched on something that I, I had the same, same exact, uh, moment. I, I watched this episode and I kept thinking to myself, this is good. It's my kind of humor. Uh, I know all these characters. I know all the, the context. This is good. You know, the animation's good. The story's good. And I kept wondering why I wasn't like really, really into it. I mean, I still want to watch more, and I, I'm going to give it an 8. Um, what was our scale again? Uh, eight uh, uh, Ropes of penis acid. Ropes of penis acid. Eight ropes of penis acid. <laughs> um, I, I, I feel like if I watch the series a little more, I, I probably will give it a high... I would give it a higher score. I would, you know, uh, it would probably wean me over, but... Um, but yeah, I, I felt that throughout the whole episode, there was just something, something was missing. Something was missing from making it good to great. Um, so it's still good. I still want to watch more of it. And I, I, I very much plan to watch more. But uh, yeah, it, I, I can't put my, my finger quite on it. Uh, but Keith, I, I agree. Something, something's missing. Something's a little off with it. But yeah. I still want to watch more. Okay, I also agree. Uh, something is off about it, uh, but I, I, it is like, it was my kind of comedy. Um, I like the way they did things. Just a few things I'll bring up is like, 
one of the scenes I liked is where they were carrying out the the drummer. It, like I liked how the show kind of kept reminding you that it was Elvis. Um, like when they carried out the drummer and they're like, "Is he gonna be okay?" And he just goes, "Oh shit, yeah, Ronnie's a pro." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was so, like, "All right, nice." You know, um, did you notice at the end that they dedicated it to him? I think oh, yeah. I, I didn't. I I saw it real quick, but I didn't re- read it. Is that what what it was? Yeah, I missed that part. Yeah, because um, I think he like just passed away time. recently or something. But. My second part that I liked that they, it reminded you that was Elvis is when they were in the car and they're listening to the the Doors, and <laughs> Elvis goes, "Turn that psychedelic drug shit yeah. off." Yeah. He's talking about yeah. the Doors, even though Elvis did drugs himself, not like the Doors did. But like, I'm just like, all right. Um, my favorite scene though is where the the hijacker of the plane. I'm actually gonna read this. I have the script right here. <laughs> Uh, the uh, cap or the hijacker says, "This is the captain speaking. So sorry if Elvis is all shaking up in his blue suede booties." And then Elvis says, "It's shoes, <laughs> dumbass." And then the girl Cece goes, "Oh, there's your fan base right there, asshole bad guys." And he goes, "I'm not gonna apologize for my universal appeal." And then the, the <laughs> guy says, "The hijacker says, sorry for this, but now is it time for you to be going to your heartburn hotel?" And then he says, "Uh, okay." Language barrier side. The takeaway here is Elvis fans are worldwide. <laughs> like, is Elvis defending himself being a fucking rock star? I'm like, I absolutely yeah, love that re- part. They had really good banter. Yeah, yeah. yeah they uh, did. The second or the third one was when the girl was like uh, talking to Elvis, and he goes, "She goes, your music's just not my thing." And Elvis goes, "That's literally not possible." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I just like it because there was like you know you'd watch some scenes where like Elvis wasn't in the scene and it's just like the other characters and you start to get like involved into the fucking episode and then Elvis shows up again and you're like oh yeah I'm watching a show about Elvis like what the fuck yeah um so I did like it the comedy was good there was something missing though I'll give it a solid seven point five ropes of acid urination actually I, I'm kind of interested in seeing what you guys think I would give this knowing how I, I am about newer shows I don't think you like it I feel like I'm Corey's gonna, gonna give it a 6 I feel I'll like go Corey's gonna give it a 4 6.5 I'm going low <laughs> on this one I'm going like 4 you know you guys couldn't be f- further from the truth I, uh, I actually really <laughs> like this episode um, oh, damn. I feel like what you guys were hitting on with it missing something might be possibly the reason I like it more than you guys. Hmm. Because I feel like there's a certain cadence that shows like Archer, Rick and Morty, um, Venture Brothers hit that like where they feel like if no one's made a joke in the last five to ten seconds they're doing something wrong Mm -hmm. and i hate that that frustrates me i feel like they're just like throwing so much at the fucking wall to see what sticks that it's just like it gets annoying you know Mm. whereas i feel like while this is a really crazy out there show you know, with really weird things that I don't quite understand completely because I haven't watched more than just this one episode. I am intrigued. 
I really liked the animation. I will very likely watch more. I saw that it's only 10 episodes, given they're 30 minutes long, but, you know. Hmm. I'm actually going to give this 9 ropes of penis acid out of 10. Because this was really surprising to me. Normally when you guys throw out a show that is just like, oh, I've never fucking heard about this. Is this Uncle Grandpa? (laughs) You know, like, that's kind of where I'm at. Or like, is this the Smiling Friends where it's just like, ah, let's watch something that might be depressing because someone has a gun pointed at their head the entire time. Um, (laughs) But this was a pleasant surprise, so I'm very happy that we watched this. I mean, to be honest, when I picked this show, like, I found it, and I was like, okay, Elvis, also kind of secret agent, trying to protect the world from bad guys, seems like a, a very interesting premise, very new show. I was, like, pretty much just like, all right, we're going to probably watch this, because this is gonna, either going to be pretty good or pretty bad. Surprisingly, it was pretty good. Um but honestly, like, I don't know. Like like I said, I felt like there was something missing in it, and maybe it's just I need to get further into the show and just kind of appreciate mm. it. But, like, honestly, uh, Mr. Scatter, the chimpanzee, fucking makes, like, every episode. Like, he's, <laughs> he, is, he is, like, to my point earlier, Dylan, he's the bender. Like, he, Mr. Scatter in this show is, like, if, is like Bender in Futurama, where if you removed bender from futurama like yeah you have a show but it's like Uh, i will say this you you are comparing a cartoon monkey to another cartoon who is literally one of my idols uh (laughs) i'm not saying i will say this does does the monkey in the elvis show start talking eventually has he said new words not as far as I've seen, but I've only seen a few because, episodes. Because but... half half of Bender's hysterical, and what makes Bender is Bender is his catchphrases. True, mm. but the thing is, the monkey does a lot through like from from what I've seen the first couple episodes, a couple episodes he does a lot through just his actions and the way that he responds to other people talking to him and i'm not saying that he is equivalent to bender i'm just saying that he slots into that important mm-hmm. role yeah, yeah. in yeah. this show where if it's like if you got rid of bobby ray from this show you could still have elvis and scatter fucking run things and the show would mm. get along perfectly fine if you mm. got rid of scatter there'd be there would be something even more missing than i felt like originally like scatter is like this just this wild card factor of like violence and comedy that you kind of need to be able to like lean on to like just accentuate like i don't know kind of just like accentuate the ridiculousness of the premise you know Mm. but yeah all i got guys i'm glad it was a it was a decent one because i found it literally this week because i'm pretty sure it came out like (laughs) like literally last week (laughs) yeah it kind of flew under the radar i i think it came out in march and i can't believe i I don't 
I don't remember any advertising for it. Like, I, I completely missed it, so... Oh, yeah, I guess it did come out in March. I don't... Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I feel like they just didn't advertise enough, because I would totally have checked this out. I didn't know it existed till you mentioned it, and then I looked it up, and I was like, oh, shit, there is a real series like this. Yeah, I mean, it's got... I feel like maybe with the the voice acting cast that they had, they just figured, like, oh, it's going to go on Netflix, and it's got this great voice acting cast, and it's about Elvis, so, like, mm. maybe... One thing, one thing I would worry about, though, is with such a star-studded cast is their ability to keep it all together if it is successful. Because like someone mm, like um, good point. Matthew McConaughey is going to be very busy making movies, doing this, doing that. It's going to be like a scheduling nightmare trying to get him in the studio to record lines or whatever. Can, and like all the other people, too. Can we also... Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> but can we also just, like, for a moment, at least in my opinion, I really appreciated that Matthew McConaughey was Elvis. Because... Mm. And he's not doing, like, an Elvis impersonation. He's literally just voice acting, like, his own voice onto the Elvis figure. Like, he's not trying to, like, ham it up into, like, you know. The, uh, the Chris Pratt approach. Yeah. Which, I, the thing is, though, is that I appreciate it, though, because Matthew McConaughey himself has the cadence I feel like that is more of a modern day Elvis. Yeah, he. I feel like he's believable in the sense of what Elvis might sound like if he was just like talking to somebody without like cameras and exactly. Yeah, yeah, without putting on the act, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I did. Without I did really like. like a, I'm Elvis. Ha ha ha. You know. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. Elvis would sound like in an interview. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Elvis. I'm Elvis. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it's it's me. His, <laughs> yeah, his Greek. <laughs> it's so me. Uh... Oh, no. Oh, man. We'd like to thank you for taking the time out of your day or your drive to listen to our podcast. If you'd like to help us out, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Take care. Drive safe. And until all are one, I've been Corey. I've been Tom. I'm Keith. And I'm Dylan. Thank you very much. <laughs> I just lit fights. I just need someone to aim for me, please. You can't see it, but my, my finger's on my nose, so it's not me. Okay. Uh, I, I'm flipping them off with my toes and my fingers. <laughs> well... <laughs> I can't do Still it. Dylan, you're new. You gotta help a babe. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Hey, good news though. It's just <laughs> not again. Good news. It's just regular tweezers. Pee. It's regular pee. Tweezers. It's not. It's not the acid pee. So he's not working with much. Dick.